Welcome one and all to episode 34 of Titan Tea Time. I'm Petter and this is James. Hello! And today we're taking a look back at the final arc of Attack on Titan. And Ooh. by that we're not necessarily talking about the final arc as in the War for Parity arc since that's... Well, we started that arc last month and did what we considered to be that arc. The last four volumes is what we're talking about today. I think the fandom deems it to be the la the second half of the War for Parity arc, but it's not really about a War for Parity at this point anymore, and we also didn't want to talk about eight volumes in one go. So here are the last four <laughs> volumes we're revisiting, we're rereading. We've both re read this before. It's uh, volumes 31 to 34, chapters 123 to 139, the very end of the of the whole series. And spoiler warning mm -hmm. for everything, in case anyone didn't understand that we're going to be talking about the whole manga today, well, the ending of it. So, yeah, just a, a, a chill little discussion about the ending of this oh, beautiful manga. Oh, absolutely chill. You know, like, <laughs> there's nothing more heartwarming than reading these last four volumes. Like, <laughs> it's just a really relaxing time. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, it is not relaxing. It's It toys with your emotions in a lot of ways. It does. First, the tragedy of the rumbling and just the horrifying imagery that's throughout the, the volumes in this. Plus the, you know, the conflicting emotions that Aaron has and that all the characters have about what they have to get done. Mm -hmm. And the, the bittersweet ending at the end that um, I think for a lot of people is bittersweet in different ways. For some people, it ended horribly. <laughs> like, I can't, <laughs> I can't count how many people I've talked to that have just, like, hated the ending for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, but I also can count the, or can't count the number of people who have loved the journey and, and thought the ending was either good, good enough, or even great. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, to each their own, but I think everyone can agree that it's a bittersweet ending. Right, yeah, for sure, in some way or another. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fandom was in tears. Everyone was in tears when the last <laughs> chapter came out. For well, And we were just crying for all, all sorts of different reasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, Sadness, uh, joy, uh, disappointment. Laughter, disappointment, you know, la laughing because how terrible they thought it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, fun. It's fun. But... Getting into it, we open up with chapter 123, which is a really special chapter. And I, mm -hmm. I remember when we talked about it on the on well when when we were covering the chapters as they were coming out on the podcast in the early days of it. Some I I compared this chapter to the movie Shawshank Redemption. Oh, did you really? <laughs> I I remember doing that, and and I think it's funny just saying it right off the bat like that. It may, may sound kind of strange, but I, I still stand by it, and, and it's from a pretty specific angle. It's basically that the Shawshank Redemption has two main characters, but two characters that are protagonists in very different ways. There's one character mm -hmm. who is kind of the guy that the story is about, and there's the other mm -hmm. main character who kind of, well, we kind of see a lot of the story through his perspective, and he narrates the story. Right. And this, is, this chapter is kind of like that. We have Aaron, who it's, it's about him. The, the chapter is mostly focused on him, but Mikasa is the narrator, and we get a lot of her perspective throughout that chapter, which is really nice mm. to get her perspective on something like that, because it's, well, we don't get a whole lot of that throughout the story, um, mm -hmm. so that, that's something I really appreciated that chapter for. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't think about that Shawshank Redemption uh, comparison. <laughs> uh, although you, I guess you did mention that. Maybe when it, went uh, it was a long know. time ago now. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a long time ago. But I do agree with you that this chapter is, is um, you know, wonderful, I think is one way to describe it. But it's also kind of the last moment we get where they're all together and mm. enjoying each other's presence. Yeah. And it's kind of you know, tying back into the bittersweet thing, you know, it's, this is the, the, the precious moments that we have, the little, the little precious moments we have. Um, it's nice to think back on that. And then mm. the stark comparison to what's actually happening in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's quite, quite the contrast. For sure. It's one of my favorite chapters though. That's yeah. For sure. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. And yeah. And it's like, speaking of having that final happy moment with the whole gang, it, like I think moments like that are hard to well because when you're in the moment you don't necessarily know that this is the last time that we're all hanging out and having a good time together um, right. and obviously the characters didn't really know that but for us readers we pretty quickly understand that that was the case because in mm-hmm. pretty much the scene right after we see Aaron leave and we understand then that he yeah he he leaves them for you know to to live in Marley. Uh, for a bit mm-hmm. right there so so for us readers we understand pretty much right, right away and that also kind of helps give that feeling of yeah that was the last the last happy moment with the the 104th gang and yeah definitely yeah. bittersweet <laughs> and touching on that if mikasa had known that would have been the last moment the last time to say anything i i think her answer would have been different or she would have actually really given an answer right um yeah at that moment when aaron asked what i what am i to you um because we do get the alternate universe or alternate reality of mikasa uh giving a different answer and running away with aaron mm-hmm. um later on in in the story so uh you know it is interesting to think that if they had known that, maybe things would have been different. But how could they have known other than yeah. Aaron, I guess? Right, right. And, and, you know, and that's the interesting thing is Aaron, when he's in that moment and someone interrupts and then the guys all come here, he says something about it being perfect timing. But it, mm. it's almost like sarcastically. Ah, uh, oh. <laughs> or, 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 maybe, maybe, or maybe like, you know, he knew this was going to happen. Or, or, or my thought is that if had gone any further like if they had kept talking maybe he would have run away with mikasa and had not done what he was meant to do or what he had hmm. uh, told himself he would do and so with them interrupting them that was the perfect timing the opportunity to not put himself you know not run away Interesting. The, te- the temptation was gone i, guess. I see that okay i mean i definitely could be that i always just viewed it as well the old man had just invited them to to drink with them right before the others arrived and he was like yeah perfect timing now we can all drink together kind of uh oh really uh that's always how i read it i think i Uh still prefer to read it that way because i think aaron wanted to have this last moment with them this happy moment with them after all he was the first to take a take a sip from the alcohol um Mm -hmm. And I think he he needed and wanted to have that moment with his friends. Um, although I'm not saying your idea is wrong. I, I like that idea too. But I'm probably choosing to view it the way I said. <laughs> yeah, it's just that he looks so sad when he says perfect timing. 
I guess. I mean, he's sad in general in that moment, I, I think. True. But, uh, mm. <laughs> well, and, and on that, we learn in um, chapter 131, I'm just, well, hopping a little bit back and forth here, but it, it's related to this chapter. In in chapter 131, we learn that Aaron was disappointed when he learned that there were humans living outside the walls. And, mm. and something that I never actually really thought of reading 123 was just how well how disappointed he looks in that in especially in that first scene in that chapter when they recently had gotten to marley and they're on they're in the streets and you know some of them are you know making gags about the, the car and buying a bunch of food aaron i think he looks disappointed and i never thought of it as disappointment before i just kind of saw it as well kind of the sadness that he has to well, about about having to kill all of these people eventually, uh, which obviously I think is that as well still, but the disappointment in combination with that sadness, I think I I could see that in his face this time, and it it was nice to do that because I hadn't really, I didn't well I didn't have that knowledge the first time I read this chapter, so it was nice to have that. I I still struggle with the disappointment line, and I know we when we talked about this chapter, I think you know we were trying. to, to understand, and I, I don't think we quite saw eye to eye in it. Oh. Um, and I, as I was reading it, I thought, oh, you know, maybe Petter is right. But then, but then I, I kept reading, and he, they, both him and Armin bring up the walls, and how they're still there, and what if we were to break down those walls? And mm. I feel like that's what he's disappointed about. He's disappointed that the walls of society, the walls of, uh. Uh, dealing with Eldia and the and the Titans' powers are still there. So I think what he's disappointed about is not necessarily that humans still exist, but that no matter, even though they broke down the walls that surrounded the, that kept them away from the ocean, there were still the walls of you know uh, their nationality, the, mm. the discrimination, right, and the the Titan power, like those kind of things. Like that was the walls that he was disappointed to still see. Mm. And then Armin pontificates. Well, maybe there is a world out there without any walls, and I think that it could be implying a world without Titan powers. And I think he says that right after receiving the vision from Aaron, even though we don't we didn't know it in that chapter. And then right was that one thirty one? I think. I think yeah. Um, mm. We didn't know at that time, but you know, in in the last chapter, we do see that it, that happened at the same time. Yeah. So I, I think that's. The, what he was so disappointed in personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see that as kind of an extension of there being humans because I think I think Aaron and Armin have different outlooks on humanity, kind of as a whole. I think Aaron has a more pessimistic look on humanity as it kind of like humans, like if there are humans, there are walls, kind of, um, mm. kind of that way. And so and so it kind of goes hand in hand. The walls thing and the humans thing is kind of like the same mm-hmm. thing for Aaron. Because he he doesn't have that much, maybe that much faith in humanity, uh, based mm-hmm. on his own experiences, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is fair. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Armin has a more optimistic outlook on humanity, and he and he imagines that the part of humanity that the, that we've seen, which has had these types of walls, might not be the only humanity that is out there. There may be other lands out there with mm. perhaps well, yeah, where where things might be better. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, so. I guess it's 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 a 
concept to me that uh, I've always found that it's not exactly, oh, he was disappointed in all humans being there. Like, mm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I can't, I don't feel like that's fair because he, he, he does feel so distraught about killing everybody and the sins that right. weighed down upon him, you know? Mm. It, um, but if it's more of an idea or, you know, a concept rather than the actual people, then I, then I feel like I can see why he'd be disappointed. Right. Um, but I also see where you're totally where you're coming from as well. Like I, under, I, I feel like, I guess I just have conflicting feelings, I guess. Right. That, and that, that's understandable. The first volume, I, I think you can really see depression was hitting Armin pretty bad. Oh yeah. Towards the beginning. And, and even, even, um, in the last volume, it, it had probably got to its peak. Yeah. Um, at, you know, when he's screaming at himself. But, you know, I, I think another kind of disagreement we had, but I think I'll concede and, and agree with you, is that uh, when he is trying to convince Con- Connie to let go of Falco or, you know, to give him back, mm. uh, he basically puts himself on the line. I remember you saying, like, oh, he was very suicidal there. And I was like, oh, I'm not so sure he's, he's suicidal. He just knew Connie would save him. Um, and, and maybe that's true. Maybe he knew Connie would save him. But knowing that he has those thoughts about I should not have been the one to be saved. Right. It should have been Irvin. I I do think that he was very much willing to die at that point. And so maybe it was, you know, a, a bit suicidal. Mm. Right. So. Although at the same, like, yeah, I, I, I think definitely he had those thoughts. Although at the same time, I'm sure he, at at least in the back of his head somewhere, he had the idea that this could also, well, he he, he could be saved and and that perhaps, well, the the way things turned out, that his his uh, his actions there actually ended up helping Connie understand everything that he had done wrong and kind of helped him become a better soldier. Um, Mm-hmm. Maybe that was also somewhere in the back of his head as a possibility, but I don't think yeah. he counted on that necessarily happening. Um, uh, fair enough. But yeah, no, he was definitely though, I, I, as you said, like th- this arc as a whole, like these four books, I, I will say is like the lowest Armin has ever been kind of. Because um, mm. we started off with, you know, the rumbling begins and and he feels like, at, at first at least, he feels like it's all everything is lost kind of and he he's yeah. really upset with Aaron he even takes you know he takes his confusion and anger out on Mikasa mm-hmm. uh, in a way that we've never seen before and mm-hmm. and he and <laughs> that kind of makes him feel even worse when he realizes that he just kind of lashed out at her like that and yeah this whole time he feels more convinced than ever that Ervin should have been saved instead of him yeah and I, I think the guilt of not being able to stop the rumbling from ever happening or, you know, the guilt of not giving, finding an, another option mm. was something that weighed both him and Hanji down quite a bit. Yeah. Um, they, they felt responsible that, you know, we are supposed to be the, the brains, I guess. Mm. And we, and the, and, well, and Hanji being the leader and they couldn't come up with a better plan. Right. Um, and so I think they felt responsible, responsible in that action. And that, I think that also led to, um, Armin just being so mm. down on himself. Yeah, and, and all that speaking pressure. of that, mm. Oh, mm. yeah, you're right. All that pressure. And speaking of that, it wasn't until the very end where we finally got Armin coming with plans and and kind of guide, leading people and and stuff like that. 
Mm. Um, you know, it, for a while there, he he really wasn't doing a whole lot. Um, obviously, he was just overwhelmed. And like you said, the pressure was on him. But, you know, the Armin in the past would have thought of something eventually. But, it you know, there just wasn't a whole lot of big brain moments. <laughs> and even, <laughs> even Annie brings it up. It's like, hey, you know, what happened to the guy who outsmarted me all those years ago? You know, come on. Mm-hmm. But he does get there eventually, I feel. He does. Well, yeah, because when he enters paths, when he's eaten by the Titan on Ymir's back, he has that moment initially where he, you know, he sees his lifeless body and he he's really upset at himself. He expresses yeah. how much he hates himself. And, mm. well, obviously, well, th- that's like really like the climax for his, well, mm. just being down on himself. And just, yeah, his, his, uh, his depression and his low self-esteem just kind of become clearer than it ever has right then. And so, like, yeah, the, this arc just is, for the most part, pretty much all, th- yeah, a big majority of it, just really shit for Armin. But then comes that moment when he kind of gets to prove himself, though. Um, yeah. Not through his intellect and not through any strategic capabilities and not through his leadership. True. But through his ability to understand Zeke and help Zeke view the world in a more positive light. And I, I loved that. Like that, that was what the way that he got to kind of prove himself. It wasn't in, I, I think most of the ways that we had, like, like most fans had probably speculated, it wasn't in any of those types of ways. It wasn't a new way, kind of, or not, not a new way necessarily, but I think a way that kind of went, that kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people. It's also a way that I think the world needs mm. um, understanding, you know, yeah. less trying to trick each other and more understanding. Uh, you know, trying to understand the person you're talking to because Armin takes what he learns from there and what he, I guess, learns from Aaron and uses that as the, the I guess, their kind of mouthpiece, if you will, um, going forward. So in that sense, he becomes a leader, but it's a leader not strategically or of an army, but one of peace and understanding. Yeah. I think this is, for me, I think this is Armin's strongest arc in the in the manga oh yeah it's it's pretty strong maybe i I even say that too Mm. Hmm. i guess going back a little bit to earlier in this in this part something i thought was really sweet was how well nicolo uh kind of how his opinion on gabby has changed by well kind of by the start of this arc because we saw he wanted to kill gabby he attempted to kill kill gabby in the previous arc and and now here, you know, when after Gabby had killed Nile Dox Titan, uh, there were th- those soldiers on the rooftops who kind of sp- suspected and started questioning Gabby. But he he stood up for her and and uh, and helped her kind of get out of that uh, suspicion. Uh, was really sweet. Although, what I think was even sweeter, obviously, was was Kaya's change of heart, kind of in regards yeah. to Gabby and that whole conversation that the two of them had and them making up was just uh yeah super sweet and i imagine sasha's father you know is to thank for for both kaya's and nicolo's uh kind of turnarounds because he's mm-hmm. just uh, yeah he's just such a good influence on on people around him i think absolutely um some great character moments for a lot of those um people who are still on parody <laughs> yeah right like kind of last time we see them really until the very end right yeah, right. I, and I, I like how, even though obviously we don't get much at at that, you know, after the three-year time skip, but 
we see the Blouse family, and they're they're, they're clearly not with the Yeagerists, and I, I like how they at least make that clear. Um, and even Hitch, who is with the Yeagerists, she's like she's yawning as she's doing the salute. So I think that also kind of <laughs> indicates that yeah, she's not really with them, with them, kind of. Mm-hmm. So that's also good to see. <laughs> <laughs> I have greater appreciation for the Magath and and Shadis scene. Oh um, yeah. You know, and the great sacrifice they made. Like, sorry, skipping ahead. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I really liked uh, that moment much more. And maybe the anime has something to do with that. But um, mm. rereading it, I, I feel that um, it wasn't as rushed as I thought it was. Yeah. I. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, the. I think. Well, for me, Magus' side of it hits me. It always hits me harder than Shadis's mm. moment or well I mean it's the same moment but because uh, Magath had this beautiful character arc that led yeah. up to that moment and it was just so perfect I thought um, his mm-hmm. whole his whole character and yeah the way it had been portrayed so I think especially for me at least Magath's uh, story and end there is just great Shadis also is beautiful I think it's great that he actually gets to kind of play a part in something that has meaning sort of uh, or like at, 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 and at, for him to understand that as well because he always viewed himself as a bystander and not being anything special but he actually makes a difference here and yeah obviously that's beautiful as well yeah but i think my favorite chapter from these four books is chapter 127 night of the end hmm. it's one of my all-time favorite chapters from the series as a whole um one of them. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, definitely my favorite one from, from these books. And I like cause how in the chapter before that, Marco's death was hinted at from John when he decided to go along with the Alliance because if he didn't, those burnt ashes of the dead wouldn't forgive him for it. Um, that was kind of the chapter before that. But then in chapter 127, Marco you know, was brought more into the forefront and I just love the character moments that we got from that being brought up. We have Reiner, of course, kind of facing his past mm-hmm. in front of Marco's friends uh, for the first time and just talking about it in front of John and Connie and Mikasa and Armin. Mm. And being able to kind of unburden that is heartbreaking because obviously because he is so emotional about it. So he doesn't really know what to say. And like he... Because he, he, he just becomes a mess right there, which in turn kind of just rubs Jean the wrong way because he's already struggling with controlling his emotions, which he, yeah. I think he does well at first. He, can, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he really kind of keeps it together. But because of Reiner struggling himself with, with his emotions, <laughs> Jean ultimately just kind of explodes, obviously. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's so well made, like seeing these characters kind of react to each other in that kind of way and then all the and then gabby begging on her knees in front of the paradisian eldians to help them obviously a big moment for her that also comes Mm -hmm. from that followed by this and this is the last thing i'll say on this uh (laughs) magath looking very genuinely concerned at gabby as she's crying kind of like a parent would Uh, Mm -hmm. like that's also such a nice little little touch so yeah, there, there's a lot I love about that chapter, but 
the, these things that I just mentioned that came from the Mark Marco, uh, well, from his death being brought up, is hands mm -hmm. down my favorite moment from that chapter. Yeah, I still love the part where um, John is like, "I'm not gonna forgive you, Reiner." He's like, "Oh, I don't expect it." Yeah, and then Annie's just like, "What about me?" Yeah, <laughs> and, and me. <laughs> right, it's great. Um, so uh. th yeah, that chapter a lot of closure. A lot of yeah. um, pent-up feelings were brought out and truths were fully revealed. Mm. Um, and some understanding was brought up. I, I, I like the Magath and John com confrontation, even though I, I think right. it, it, it's frustrating a little bit because both sides were clearly at fault yeah. um, in, in, in how they were bringing up history and whatnot. Um, mm. yeah. But eventually the, the Magath and, and John come come to the realization that there's, there's no point in bringing that all up um, right. and, you know, kind of justifying your war crimes because of what happened in the past mm. is not right. And so I think, I don't know, that I, I like that part of it um, just for how human it is. For sure. Yeah, and I think, I think Hanji is definitely my MVP for that chapter because they really make sure that everyone just kind of behaves. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just... Just so cool, cool of Hanji. Yeah, I mean Hanji was the one to kind of ultimately bring everyone together to begin with, right? Which is yeah. a great feat in in and of itself, but also making sure they stay together. And yeah, during that scene was also a lot of fun to see. You know, she's so down on herself. Like mm. she, the, she's done so much. Like, right? I, I, I this read through. I think the person who has grown in i i've grown greater appreciation for is hanji i think mm, yeah. um just her role in um gaining information leading leading the the troops trying to fill the shoes of Irvin and and all the other things that she does and, and really it's less so much about her titan research even though i i i know she'd want to be known for that <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know more so i guess the the actions hanji hanji took yeah and the initiative right um, and probably one of her greatest things was getting this alliance together and mm -hmm. deciding genocide is wrong and right. we're going to change that yeah yeah and i love how hanji had such a strong opinion on that um but i think i think hanji's strong suit really is connection between people and that's that's mm. where where her strengths lie well, because obviously, as as we've talked about, well, Hanji was the one to bring the alliance together, and that is all about connect connecting with people. So that that's, that's cle true. clearly a strong suit shown there. But also, what Hanji did uh, during her years as the Survey Corps commander was to well build ports on Parity to you know enable like, uh, to allow people to connect to Parity, build the railroad on Parity. I think was also Hanji's idea, as well as straight up go to Marley show and show their faces potentially, um, if 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 they're well, if the need would arise and right and to talk to people straight up, I think it's totally Hanji's kind of well strategy, and it's not mm -hmm. something that well, it's not directly something that well, for example, Ervin would have thought to do. So I think I think it's nice to see. Hanji's approach, and it's not a bad approach. It just it just didn't work out in this situation. 
Right. And, and maybe just needed more time. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. People eventually, like that whole committee, eventually were open to uh, realizing, hey, you know, uh, people of Eldian blood are people too. It's those people on the on the island that are wrong. Yeah. So maybe eventually they could have realized that no, everyone uh, are people. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah. and, and maybe maybe Hanji's idea and, and Armin as well just needed more time, mm. um, supposedly. But obviously, uh, Tiber was not going to <laughs> allow that to happen. <laughs> no, no. <sighs> but uh, Hanji had. Also, a, another great death, I think. Um, similar to Magath's in, in the way that, well, they sacrificed themselves in order to allow the others to to go right. on, kind of. But also great to see, like, well, it, it's it's very fitting that Hanji dies to to these very special titans. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think... I think I think Hanji was kind of excited about that, even though it was dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. While quick, I, I think it still brings a tear to my eye um, to see her sacrifice and the moment that Hanji and Levi have. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, and, and I say quick, it's not like she didn't have this whole story to <laughs> have a character growth and everything like that. So, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, I, I, I don't want to call it rushed, but we, I, I, I can understand where Hanji fans can be a little distraught or, or sad. Maybe distraught is not the right word. Sad that, oh, my favorite character didn't get as much of a send off as I was hoping, you know. Mm, right. But again, there, you know, time is of the essence, and also. Uh, she does get that vision or death scene at the end. So it, there, yeah. I feel like it, it's enough and it's good. Yeah. So, uh, and like you said, fitting to her to die that way. Um, but yeah. Mm. No, I, 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 I think actually I'm, I'm, I think her death is good. Um, it, I think, I don't think it's really rushed at all. I think, Hanji fans. I mean, I am a Hanji fan. Not like I'm, I just remember hearing that complaint. There's others. Fair, fair, but I think definitely the well the this afterlife vision that she has, uh, getting to speak to Ervin, even though it's brief, is super nice. I think, uh, but also really if the afterlife just, was real, they wouldn't ask what what you had been doing. They would have already known. Would they necessarily though? We don't know. We they don't would know have. We don't know that for sure. Oh my god! I don't, want, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> anyway, um, my last point, I guess, to to, to I were, well, my, my another reason why I think Hanji, well, kind of the send off is good, and the there was kind of a little bit of a build up, I suppose, depending on how you see it, is just the fact that the alliance is Hanji's legacy in a sense, like Hanji mm. being responsible for putting it together, and they in turn continued Hanji's vision in a sense. And, and succeeded uh it kind of it honors hanji and it yeah i think it's i think i think that's nice and i think it's important to remember that hanji really was the the person who who assembled them all absolutely to the chagrin of the jaegerists <laughs> you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. definitely her legacy and i don't think i don't think um hanji would have 
wanted to live in a world without titans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, living is the better choice. But well, still, you know, <laughs> it would be sad for Hanji. Like, oh, good job, Aaron. Now I, you know... Now all those fascinating creatures are gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh. I like Yelena a little more this time around and how she gives advice and, uh, you know, or advice to God. Like, she says where Aaron could be going and then, you know, um, has her... Before that, she has her moment of uh, kind of, uh, I guess, pleasure where she makes them kind of turn on each other in a way. Um, or she tries I to, or I, I guess they 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 do they do to any extent, but they don't do right. it as much as she had wanted them to. I think, Pro- probably. You know, mm. I I don't really know her all her true motives, but <laughs> by the time she gets her arm broken, she's like, I want to see this to the end. Like, I don't want to die yet. Right. Uh, <laughs> I still wish that we would see what happened to her exactly, if anything, right. just because someone's so passionate and goal driven like that. Mm. Yeah, she loses her her purpose i guess that she made for herself but does she find something else did, what what is she doing now I, I i don't know maybe she died who knows um mm-hmm. so that was one thing for me and then just some thoughts on on 130 i know we already touched a little bit on 130 131 but um some things that in hindsight i find interesting yeah so he's talking to historia aaron is and he says the only way to put a final end to the cycle of revenge born from hate is to bury that to is to bury that history and mm. and the civilization that created it deep in the ground. So you read this and you think, okay, so he's talking about humanity and and their hatred towards everything, right? Maybe. Uh, but I I wonder if he's talking about the Eldia civilization and and the Titans' powers because those were in a way born from hate, although we do understand that Ymir loved Fritz, hmm. but <laughs> also kind of a love hate kind of a, kind of thing. <laughs> going, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think by getting rid of the Eldia power, like the Titans power and burying that history in the ground in a way you potentially in that cycle of hate at least the cycle of hate where eldians are pursued as much as they are at least in that aspect so that that was mm. just a thought i had but maybe he is really literally talking about just <laughs> genociding the whole world but even he knows that uh if you get rid of the whole world that you know there's still be conflict within parody like mm. he's aware of that so why is he saying this kind of stuff unless he's talking about something else yeah there's <laughs> yeah it's complicated <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know if you'd have any thoughts on that or not but just want to throw well, that out there i mean when you when you started talking that much about burying and whatever was supposedly being buried aaron's head came to mind for me because they buried his head ah, mm-hmm. and i don't know if you could view well his head well it's the well, the implication seems to be that his head was somehow a seed to make that tree grow into what it became in the epilogue. I guess. I, I guess, yeah. It's, like, it's, mm-hmm. some, or somehow that, yeah. And that supposedly, maybe there was some kind of essence of the Titan power in his head. 
or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't and know how I was supposed to connect this to what you were saying, but burying, it was buried. The Titan thing was buried, but it grew up into a big tree again, or I, I, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that does happen. We don't know <laughs> what exactly goes on from there. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it just maybe does imply that the cycle can potentially continue in a way, uh, or at least it renew, not continue, because I don't think it's mm. fair to say that the cycle is, is not broken. It's broken, mm. but it, it's, uh, it could renew, I guess. Anyway, it could. Uh, mm. I, I, that's, a good, that's a good point. That, that imagery also did come to mind, where you, you, you bury that history and the civilization that created it deep in the ground. Um, right. So by, by removing the Titans and, I guess, that potential titan seed power uh placing that in the ground uh, buries it right yeah so maybe there's some truth to that although how would he have known that i don't know yeah um, yeah yeah no totally so yeah it's i could be reading into this and, I, and maybe some aaron fans are just like oh my gosh they're trying so hard I, <laughs> it's just a thought like yeah. The ending does happen, so it makes you rethink uh, a lot of what he was saying in these previous chapters, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And, and another one of those sayings is, destroy all the animals in the world. This one is really hard for me because he said that line before when he's talking about the Titans. But when he says it in 131, or or was it 130? Uh, maybe both. Mm. He is talking about rumbling the world. Yes. So it's like, does he mean like humanity in general? Um, I think so. So, do you think he meant humans? Uh, you just said so, but or do you think mm. he means the Titans again? Like, he's clearly distraught about what he's doing, uh, about killing humanity. Like that is clearly something that upsets him, and he can't forgive himself for. Nor should he. Mm. Um, unlike unlike say Flock who. On the other hand, is a Jaeger, a Jaegerist who believes, yeah, we can kill all, everyone outside outside the world because uh, they deserve it, I, and I have no regrets about it. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Um. At least that's what Vlock becomes eventually. I don't know. I don't think he was like that at first when Aaron told him that plan. Right. But I'm sure that he mm-hmm. convinced himself that was the truth that there that that needed to be. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think I just stand by the, the idea that Aaron's, Aaron's view on humanity is just very pessimistic and that he, he doesn't believe that there can exist humanity without metaphorical walls, kind of. Oh, I don't believe that. I, th- I don't believe Aaron, that. I think Aaron doesn't believe that. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't believe that Aaron believes that. Okay, well... Because... <laughs> Because why? Because then he would just kill everybody. He would just kill everybody. Not not just not just the people on the other side, but parody as well. But no, but he he killed everybody. He was biased though because he was born and raised there, so he couldn't kill them. Uh, yeah, he, uh, um, was discrimination. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a little Vinland Saga reference for anyone who doesn't understand. Mm. But yeah, yeah, no, I think so. But yeah, I, I yeah. Obviously, I, I can't say I know, there. but it's my. Th- thought that I choose to go with mm-hmm. but but he also but he also knew that or like the reason why he did all this was to make them the heroes of humanity 
like he he wanted them to be the heroes of humanity. Like so, he mm. in order to be heroes of humanity, humanity still has to live, and not just parody, but the people Fair. outside the walls. True, true. So, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Aaron is complicated. It is complicated. It is, it is very complicated. Um, uh-huh. But you know, fun to talk about. And yeah, I, I guess you know, Flock is also a complicated individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't agree with the you know ideas of um, one country being greater than the other or an empire being greater than the other or anything like that. And I struggle to think, or I struggle. I struggle if Aaron is of that mindset. Uh, I think some people view him as a, I guess, nationalist. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Like he does mention like to protect parody, but it, I feel like it's he's protecting his his friends and and obviously he's he does this so that they would be the he, the saviors of humanity as i mentioned so it it doesn't feel like he's necessarily doing it for country and and nationalism and raise the elia empire you know no like, he wants to die like <laughs> pretty sure he's well yeah well, i guess he doesn't want to die <laughs> feels incredible guilt for what he did anyway um yeah. versus flock who at the end is very much you know, we have to do this, otherwise our people will die. Um, we have to prove that we are the Elder Empire. The Elder Empire must rise again, um, which is some very fascist ideas, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree there's absolutely a difference between Aaron and Flock. Mm. And I think it's easier kind of to get behind Aaron on on some levels compared to Flock. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's it's Aaron who's doing the genocide. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly, and I'm definitely not getting behind that. I just feel like Aaron, while he does that, he, as we've talked about, he does feel immense regret and guilt over it, or guilt at least. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that says something about his yeah. character. You know, um, Flock has no regret about killing anyone outside of parody, yeah. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So on that on that level, I suppose, um, I, I'm i more with Aaron, I, I guess. But yeah, it's just, it's just mm-hmm. a very specific kind of thing. But yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 interesting. Flock, uh, well, I don't put him in my favorite list of characters. Um, he's one of those ones you love to hate. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, you know, there is a bit of complication there. It, it does feel a little... Uh, unfortunate that he could have been there the whole time. I think that would have made his um, support of Aaron and his defying of the alliance mean a little more if he was there from the very beginning. Mm. Like you know, it, it, not not just like put into flashback, but you know, actually there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, that's that. Those are my thoughts on Flock. Mm-hmm. How do you view view Aaron's comparison with Reiner now? As he laments killing all these people, you know, he, he kind of becomes a murderer to save others. Is that where the comparison lies? It, where Aaron and, and Reiner are the same? No, I think the primary resemblance is in their willingness to push forward in situations where others might not have. I agree, but I think I'm putting it even further. Okay, okay. In that they became murders to be heroes, to save the world. You right, know? okay. Yes. Reiner, did, Reiner did that, mm. and so did Aaron. And, and I think they even say, 
when they're in the plane and having even further uh, closure talk, mm. they mentioned, oh, yeah, you know, we're just all the same in that way because we've done all these terrible things, but we still wanted to redeem. We st- Well, not redeem, but to save the world. Mm. And that, and, that, and that's what got me thinking about about it all. But right. I, but you know, I, I could be wrong. I could no. be interpreting it. To, uh, no, but I I agree with that. Like I think you're absolutely right that 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 is another resemblance. But I think there's two ways, in my opinion, at least, mm-hmm. in terms of that 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 make Aaron worse than Reiner. Uh, oh in, yeah, I mean, in two yeah, totally. in two different ways. The obvious one being that Aaron's killing is far greater obviously killing mm-hmm. is bad regardless but i do still think that well it's fair to say that killing 80 percent of humanity on earth <laughs> is far worse than killing uh the people within the walls even though obviously yeah. both are dreadful mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. one thing also the other thing is that reiner at the time had no real understanding of the world he was a 12 year old kid who was largely brainwashed by the society he was raised in Mm. Aaron of course has his background as well but still he's an adult at this time and he's even seen the outside world Uh, and so I think he has much greater perspective and an understanding of society and the world and everything than Reiner had at the time so I think it's more, more fair to put blame on him for what he's doing while of course you can blame Reiner if you want but I think Aaron's sins are well they're greater and they're done with greater knowledge of how bad they really are yeah yeah and you know what's the fascinating thing is aaron totally agrees with that aaron says no right. i am worse you know yes like, <laughs> he does <laughs> it's oh gosh such a such a fascinating tragic character yeah uh you know at the end of this volume it mentions that Attack on Titan is a grand epic, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and it might it got me thinking about those Greek epics, mm. um, uh, specifically. Um, oh shoot, Oedipus is that the the one where he you know sleep sleep sleeps his mom, then he gouges his eyes ah. out or whatever you know. Yes, that, yes. That one. <laughs> um, and how kind of nonsensical it is in a way, uh, but it it's tragic, and you see the downfall of the hero and all that. And you have something similar here. Not not sleeping with his mom, thank goodness. But <laughs> that would have been really weird. Uh, but yeah. unless he was in Grisha's mind when no, uh, those no, okay. stupid okay. memes, like you know, like you know, air like Zeke and Aaron, like you know, go see anyway. Um, <clears throat> too far, too far. Maybe. Um, <laughs> What I'm saying is that, in a way, it it is like a tragic epic um, that a lot of times in modern history, or modern history, gosh, modern uh, fiction, there's always a a satisfying happy ending. And I like satisfying happy endings. Don't get me wrong. Hmm. Um, But it's rare nowadays uh, to find a story, I feel, that... uh, goes in a more bittersweet, tragic, kind of a Greek-esque, or maybe, I mean, not, mm. not just Greek, but older, an older mindset where this story doesn't have to be um, perfectly set up or perfectly mm. ending, you know? It, yeah. it, it tells it tells what it wants to. It, 
it doesn't like conform in order to be perfect. I wonder if that's true or if we just kind of seek out mostly those types of stories that aren't the, the like more satisfying that. ones. I wonder. I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely that could be true. Say. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, 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 one thing I think I can say for sure is I think most of the kind of more widespread popular current stories are more like happy ending kinds of, kinds of stories. I think I can say that for yeah. sure. I think you'd have to look into more, well, less mainstream stories to find the 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 modern tragedies mostly probably maybe and maybe that's a testament just to our worldwide culture as it as it is right now because even in japan a lot of their stories back in the day were tragic Mm. and people love that kind of stuff and i guess uh from my studies of japanese literature uh they were inspired by by French literature as well mm. in some aspects. Oh, I see, um, and that and that was tragic in tone as well. So I, I guess back then having that that kind of uh, bittersweet story was sought after. But yeah. definitely nowadays, we I think it, like like I said myself, I enjoy those happy endings, satisfying kind of moments versus the ones that leave me a little despair and and wanting everyone to have a good ending and getting you know having a family and and stuff like that (laughs) yeah fair yeah i mean definitely i think it's true that and this is something i have never thought about until now but i think you are you are right that tragedies have become far less mainstream over the course of history so that's interesting yeah anyway i did not mean to go into all of that i I just wanted to bring up the, (laughs) the epic thing but all good. It was definitely fun fun to talk about. Yes. I love Mikasa's reaction to Annie liking Armin. It, it just always makes me laugh. Yeah. Like, huh? Yes. Yeah, that, that, that face, face is great. <laughs> and actually, something I've noticed like on the topic that I've noticed, well, especially now re- having read these four books today, I feel like there is a pretty good amount of romance slash hints at romance in these four books specifically. And right? there hadn't really been... Well, obviously, there were hints of it. Like, in the Trostock, there were maybe a couple hints. And mm-hmm. obviously, chapter 50 is a relatively big one. Mm-hmm. But up until... Like, well, besides those those instances, there wasn't really much of that at all throughout Attack on Titan until the very end, kind of, these last four volumes. Where... Not only Mikasa's and Eren's ship, but also, uh, yeah, Armin and Annie. Like, both of those ships started getting a lot more focus, kind of mm-hmm. suddenly. I'm fine with the way it is, although I I think I would have liked for perhaps the story as a whole to have sprinkled these things in a little more frequently, perhaps. Or yeah. at least more consistently. Because it uh-huh. sort of, I don't know. It was just maybe a little bit bit weird the way it just kind of suddenly started happening. I can see what you're saying. I think part of that has to do with Annie just being in the crystal for so dang long, you know? Okay, yeah. In, in, like, that, in her case, it's, I guess it, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. With, with Mikasa, I mean, me being a day, day one Mikasa uh, Aaron shipper, like, I, I never really felt that it was not going to happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I was, uh, of course, I was worried about how it would end, but I, I always felt like it was going to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, I told you so or anything like that. But right, right. I do feel like it was hinted at. However, uh, there were so many plot threads and other, I guess, um, themes that were going on in the story that that love story between Aaron and Mikasa was kind of put on the back burner, um, especially in this latter half. I think in order to set up this final arc where it's revealed that, you know, he does love Mikasa very much. Yeah. And, you know, a part of me does like at the end, um, after having the table scene and all that, it likes that, that revelation of his feelings. But I, I do agree with you. It would have been nice to have more um, kind of romance um, sprinkled throughout than just, you know, the very beginning and then... Um, chapter 50, and maybe some little funny moments here and there where Mikasa gets jealous. Oh, yeah, that's true, true. Little, little stuff like that. Anyway, I, I think I do agree with you that it would have been nice to have that sprinkled in more, and I think it mm. would have maybe stopped people... I mean, people can ship whatever they want, but maybe have stopped becoming so adamant about uh, Historia and Eren being a thing. Ah, okay. If it would have been more cl- maybe more clear that Mikasa, Eren was the end game even though i thought it was clear but <laughs> I, I can see you know wanting to give more light to it i think the, the one thing i would have wanted more is not not necessarily anything big but here uh-huh. and there some little hints about Eren right. liking mikasa back because i thought i thought it was yeah. clear enough that mikasa liked Eren, but there weren't at least in my opinion weren't really enough signs pointing toward Eren liking mikasa as well until obviously mm-hmm. the last chapter where he straight up just shouted it kind of pathetically like that um <laughs> yeah but i would have liked to see that some more not not something that would, would have been like for sure he likes her but at least things for us to under, okay like you know i'll give you one i'll give you one <laughs> yeah. so uh john is like oh my gosh her hair is so beautiful i love how beautiful it is and then he's Aaron mm. sees that and he's like you should cut your hair it gets in the way <laughs> <laughs> okay okay uh that that's that is that's there's no way you could really confirm that's what he was thinking, but right. Uh, but still, it could I, be. It could. It could. Now that we had this final chapter, it <laughs> definitely could be. Actually, that is a good point. That is a good point. But yeah, stuff like that. Give me like I, I would like to see more. So more, more of that. More, more stuff nice. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just little things like that. Mm. Right. But anyway. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Hmm. At least we had chapter fifty, but. <laughs> I still think about chapter 50 and I'm like, how do people not see that they both have feelings for each other? Like, obviously Mikasa is very strong there. But Aaron is said, I will wrap that scarf on you, you yeah. know, as many times as it takes. That is romantic. It is. In a way. In, in, for a shonen, you know? Uh-huh. Like, come on. <laughs> I think so, at least. It is. It is. Absolutely, it is. It's just like, it just seems like this is one time thing and then it, like, never it focused on time. again for, like, yeah. forever. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, all you had to do was make another joke, maybe because he he wanted to do the same joke. And Isayama has said that he's kind of embarrassed about romantic stuff, at least yeah. in his younger days. So <laughs> uh, clearly, he wasn't embarrassed about it by the end. But <laughs> um, and you know, hey, you know, love will do that to you. <laughs> True. Uh, I'm pretty sure he. I'm pretty sure he got married. He a, did. Yeah. A yeah. A couple of years before. Um. A few years before he ended the series, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, but no, what I was going to say is all they needed to do was have another 
you know, oh, you know, go take care of your boyfriend, Moe, but do it with do it with Aaron and tell him, go take care of your girlfriend and then see his reaction. You know, would he have been like, what? No, she's not my girlfriend. What are you talking oh, yeah. about? That, oh, yeah, or right. Would he, or would he have been dumb about it and just, yeah, whatever, you know? <laughs> then that would have been a little little more confusing, I guess, but still. Okay. True, true. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I did not, I had no intentions of talking about that, but thank you for letting me defend, or not defend, but just, I wasn't really defending anything. Just talking just, about it. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah. You know how you like chapter one tw- is it 126 127 127 excuse me mm. it, you that's that's your favorite chapter in in this uh arc yes i i like that chapter but i think i like the moment where they're on the plane and talking about being sinners and just mm. even having better understanding i think i might like that a little bit more it's not as emotional mm. or as dramatic dramatic maybe is the right or, you know People aren't punching each other <laughs> at each other's throats, kind of a thing. Right, right. Um, so that that's that's fair. But I, I like how they, you know, both Connie and John are just like, you know, we're really the same, and I, we've done some terrible things. I, I killed my comrades, or my, or mm. comrades, maybe the wrong word, but I, I killed my own people. Um, I've done some terrible things. I have no right to uh, judge you for what you've done, per se. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I just like that, and then I felt like that started. Yes, it started at one twenty seven when Reiner was going to forgive himself, or, or not. Maybe not forgive himself, but you know, find peace. But then I think there, it, it's like he's starting to feel a little bit better. Absolutely, understanding like, you know, maybe I I deserve to live. For sure. When I reread this scene today, or that yeah, that 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 scene in in, in the plane. Yeah, it was like pretty much right after they had started flying. Um, Mm. I understood for the first time, I think, just how important that scene was for Reiner, especially because he -hmm. really did get that closure with, well, with his old comrades in that scene, Mm -hmm. especially Jean and Connie. And yeah, yeah, it's just really, yeah, it's a nice follow up kind of to chapter 127 because it's kind of, yeah, it is kind of in the same vein. But yeah, I, I definitely appreciated it more than I had before. Same, yeah. Let's talk about Battle of Heaven and Earth. Peak. I know we have been ne- neglecting oh her gosh. in the past uh, couple uh-huh. of discussions. <laughs> well, not today. Not today, my friends. She is just fantastic, I think, throughout the whole Battle of Heaven and Earth. Um, oh my gosh. She, well, she, she is the one who puts together that well, all of those enemy titans on Aaron's back are well, yeah, but what what they are that they are titans from th- titan shifters from from throughout the past and 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 on top of that, she is the one to make well the first advancement to attack Aaron by wrapping the explosives around his neck. Uh, she isn't the one to actually detonate him, but but she does make the first move uh, ultimately against him, which I think is awesome that she is the one to do that. And, and, yeah. and the way she says, like, yeah, unlike you guys, I'm oh, not gosh. I'm not Aaron's friend. I don't have, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, there's nothing holding me back. <laughs> and and then also the reveal to her titan, about her, tit- her titan power, how she can just kind of eject herself through, from the body and make a new one kind of just infinitely, kind of just make new, new bodies over and over. Made perfect mm-hmm. sense, kind of given what we knew about her titan power, um, but wasn't 
anything that I had expected uh, when I saw it the first time. And I just, I love that so much about about her, her way to utilize her Titan when it's not weighed down by the, the Panzer unit and like all those gadgets and stuff. Like when she's free like this, she can really utilize her Titan like that. And it's so cool. Agreed. And I wonder how nimble it is compared to the Jaw Titan. Maybe it's not as nimble, but man, she uses the best uh, of her abilities and mm. you know just being able to transform back into the card titan again and again and again is yeah. fascinating <laughs> so <and> cool <laughs> I, I love the idea of her just like sh- shooting out of out of her titan like a cannonball and <laughs> yeah. Where we can. yeah. Oh. it's so cool and I, I love when she goes to try to detonate the bomb uh, I just I love that line. Now, get out of my sight, you nightmare! Yes, <laughs> it's it, uh, it's so epic, you know. <laughs> She's like, I've been thinking about this line for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> the entire boat ride, the entire plane ride, she was just thinking about it. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Gosh, but I yeah, uh, peak was amazing. And then when she was explaining her powers and. She says, John, don't worry about me. Oh, <laughs> that's right. He's already gone. <laughs> He's already, already moving away. <laughs> I love that. Oh, uh, yeah, it's really funny. <sighs> yeah, I, th- I think her highlight in this arc, at least, is definitely this battle, I would say. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, you know, it, I think just last thing I'll say about her is without her being there, they probably wouldn't have been able to do uh, what they were able to in the end, you know? No. Like getting that bomb on his head and, and having the resolve to actually kill Aaron. Yeah. Know? She was kind of the only one that didn't have any ties with him. Mm. So, yeah, I think she proved that she was an important part of that. Totally. I In fact, I like to think that every single one – out of the 14 people that assembled in the Alliance, I think they were all crucial to making it all work out. Connie is, you know, he's, he's barely, he's barely qualifies. I feel like. Okay. Okay. Maybe Connie is the exception. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Did Connie do nothing that no one else could have done? Uh... Well, well, okay. Well, Connie shot the, well, Samuel and Daz. Uh, He did do that. Yeah. Which I guess needed to be done. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and he, he did protect Annie and Armin on that port. True. Not and not Annie Armin. Annie uh, and Reiner. Uh, Reiner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's true. That's true. But even then, anybody could have really done that. But I guess he was just he he was a body. Um, <laughs> well, that sounds wrong. But you know he, <laughs> you know he 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 was there as support. But when it came to the battle of heaven and earth he honestly he was a kind of a detriment actually like, yeah yeah Jer- mm. he's the reason why levi was, got even more injured <laughs> that, that that is true uh but but i guess well yeah thinking of it from the beginning from the assemblance of the alliance he he did some things yeah uh, you're right at least right. <laughs> even if he didn't do much in the actual finale finale uh, but yeah, no, I, I like to think everyone else really, or yeah, everyone, I will say, all of those yeah. 14 people did something. Yelena contributed with information, Onyankapon flew the plane, uh, and well, yeah, everyone else did important things that, yeah, the plan yeah. wouldn't have succeeded without all of them. Gabby not only had her, you know, amazing 360 no-scope shots, mm. uh, but she also was like the big brains to figure out like that the centipede was... <laughs> right. 
the source of, of the power. Like, I, exactly. I, I still, I still kind of <laughs> like, what? How did she pull that out of her hat? Like, what the heck? I like, like I, come on. I'm into it. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, I'll buy the fact that she saw it. Like, she saw it go into head. But then just to be like, mm. oh, that must be the source of all power. Like, what? Uh. How do Whatever. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. No, no. For me, at least. Uh, but yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, everyone else is safe to say they were useful in their ways. Yep. So yeah, I love that. Falco, well, his jaw titan, or should I say beak titan? Uh, um, <laughs> it uh. Actually, that's pretty good because it... <laughs> it's like. It's like beast and jaw put together, the beak titan. Yeah, it, um, well, we, we never completely get explained how exactly he's able to have wings. Uh, True. Like, but I guess the best explanation I can think of is, I, well. Well, you know how Aaron is able to, and, and Annie are able to activate their hardening. Right. Way? Like, because they don't automatically have it. They, exactly. They decide to harden. Mm-hmm. So maybe he decides to <laughs> grow wings. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, like, it, precisely, because it was, yeah, the first time he, he transformed, he didn't have them. But the second time he, he did. And that was after he had got, he had remembered that vision of flying above the clouds. And so I suppose having the knowledge of the possibility of flying then he maybe maybe he could do it in a similar way as someone else would do hardening. I wonder, or I, I guess if it would be hardening, then he could have changed his arms into wings after having transformed into a second form, potentially, if it's like along those lines. Although I was also thinking that it might have been maybe something more like, um, like, like Reiner's hand transformation in the Marley arc, or when he just has a shitload of fingers um, to protect himself and Falco. Like one of those very special types of transformations where mm. it has to, well, it becomes that upon transformation. It's not something you can change after having already transformed, I guess. And so that maybe when he transformed the second time, he he, like that was how he was created with wings and all. I although I mean I don't know. Um, I I think it just comes down to the fact that he he had the memory of that when he transformed that second time, and that somehow somehow allowed him to <laughs> to fly. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I, but I'm glad that he does come back into the into the fray, um, and it's it's pretty mm-hmm. epic, like having a, a flying titan like that. It is. I like it. Um, I I actually uh, real quick on that. I love what we understand about the beast titans in this. Like at the end mm. here, just how how varied the designs of them are, and how they're really just kind of animalistic and like just based on different animals like that is what, what was fun to to understand about the beast titan and that it can be essentially any animal kind of yeah we yeah we learned quite a bit about or at least titan potentials from the the nine yeah. titans yeah <laughs> who, who knew that they could be so diverse mm-hmm. in that way but i guess yeah. it gave a good excuse for why falco could be the way he was right yeah i see i feel like yeah exactly with that it definitely works out seeing as he he is not technically a beast titan but he does have zeke's beast titan Mm -hmm. fluid so yeah yeah i buy it i think annie gets a it's a gets a nice moment towards the end um well i mean she i think 
it's great to have her back and and you know her kind of c- coming to realization of what she cares about and you know not mm. just having regrets about what could have been kind of a thing you know yeah um actually uh fighting for for what she wants i guess you could say mm-hmm. um i mean you know she wants her man to go get her man <laughs> yes. um and you know because she did that it, they they saved the world so uh, yeah, good, good for Annie, and I'm glad that she was able to see her father eventually, and all that jazz. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we were going through these chapters monthly, and we were talking about the the second to last chapter, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the tragedy that that chapter brought. Um, with you know, with all of those characters being turned into titans. And oh, yeah. and and I I imagine that, that that that's how they are like they they're not gonna get just turned back all of them <laughs> like if anyone comes back as a human it's gonna be through a, another Titan Shifter's sacrifice like if that um, and I really enjoyed that tragedy of it <laughs> at the time I remember that I do remember that <laughs> uh, so when the I'm final pretty sure chapter... I was against that <laughs> yeah yeah you were you absolutely were uh, <laughs> but then then when the final chapter came out and well yeah everything just kind of turned out very fine i was i i had a little bit of an issue with it although i was so uh, disappointed <laughs> i mean i don't know i i just well in some cases i, I was happy had an like, Aaron moment <laughs> but i i don't know well i i wasn't all on board on board at first however um, I mean, ultimately, I still, I, I still thought it was a fine ending. I think initially I rated the first chapter in and of itself a six out of ten, uh, which mm-hmm. for me is, well, I mean, it's good, but it's definitely not great. Or, well, I don't know. Anyway, uh, but when the well, we we kind of we kind of made a second podcast discussion about the final chapter when the new pages were added, and by mm-hmm. then I think I had upped my score by by one point or so. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, what basically my point now is that I've realized that kind of the more time that passes and the more times I re reread this last chapter, I seem to enjoy it more and more each time kind of, um, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I, I really like this, this last chapter now. I, I don't think I really have much of a grievance at all, at all with, with it. Um, I, I understand it's not. I understand it could have been executed better, perhaps in some ways, but I'm really cool with it. I I really enjoy it. I I always get teary eyed when Reiner reunites with his mother and they have you know oh, yeah. their little intera- little interaction there. Absolutely. Um, and just in general, I do think the the story is tied up nicely. Yeah. Um. I guess on on that topic, I. I feel really my my main grievance would be that maybe his story as section could have been a little longer or or something. Yeah, that's that, definitely that's the main thing. Yeah, I agree. But besides that, I I do agree that everything works out well. Even even the the additional pages, um, while controversial, I think when you take it as a whole and um not with 
out of context, I, I think it does make sense and it's an e- easier pill to swallow. Mm. Um, and it, it does kind of make the story uh, fit the tragic ending, like the, the tragic feeling of the series. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. But going back a little, a little further, mm. I still I still wonder why Emir attacked like why did Ymir attack? Like why was she the one that was sending all those titans out? And my idea was that in order for Armin to lose consciousness in the Okapi's mouth, she sent all the all the titans, you know, the the nine power titans to attack the alliance in order to get, in order to give that time. Because otherwise they would have quickly gotten to the Okapi and just killed it and gotten Armin out. Hmm. Okay. That's my only way to justify it because I have no uh, idea why else she would be so adamant about attacking them. Like why? <laughs> like why? Other than to make an epic ending. Well, so the way I always viewed it was just that she genuinely wanted to destroy the world because she felt like the the world had wronged her in her life and she just wanted to destroy the entire world. And she, well, was using Eren to do that. Then why not eat, why not kill Armin right then and there? Or, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But that is a good point. And I think, I think your explanation works, um, perhaps, <laughs> as, 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 uh, as an explanation to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can, I can definitely get behind that. But you know something that cl- I feel like is clearer for me about Emir hmm? Is the whole... Uh, love thing with King Fritz, or the first king. Yeah, and that it, it's definitely kind of a Stockholm syndrome type of a thing. But I I find the comparison with her and Mikasa very interesting. Well, I wouldn't call Mikasa's love for Aaron uh, a Stockholm syndrome. No, they obviously are in love with people that are not great <laughs> you know <laughs> like fair. are not making great choices <laughs> true like i mean i, I i've always loved aaron as a character you know and hmm. he has good in him but clearly he makes a choice that is irredeemable um and that's coming from the guy who thinks that all humans can be redeemed in some way <laughs> but i mean no one is capable of doing this 80 percent genocide are they anyway that yeah. that but um i think that the the what makes mikasa and emir's comparison so interesting is that mikasa was able to do what emir could not kill the man she loved ah like and that's to say that emir was supposed to murder him but there's that panel where you see fritz or the the, the king dead mm um, with the spear that Emir took, but instead, like in an alternate reality, he he dies. And I don't necessarily think that's an actual reality per se, or that this that the future changes. I think that's what she wished deep down she could have done and lived with her children. Right. Yeah. I mean, I you know? I I think I think Aaron gave her that life kind of simulated like pathsy. I think he gave that, her that's potential. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, well, yeah, right before her end, or right before the end of Paths and Titan Powers and everything. 
So she got to kind of experience that life with that with that little what if thing if she hadn't jumped in front of the spear, and mm-hmm. she would have had a longer life and a life with her ch- children and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of so she died happily. I don't know. Have you played a game called To the Moon? Is it an indie game from many years back now? No, I haven't. It's. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try to make this very brief. But basically, sure. It's it's about to. It, it's um. It's a a story game made in like RPG Maker, but like it's very much just focused on the story. It's about two scientists who have a machine that allows them to jump into another person's memories and explore another person's memories and to a degree alter those memories and so the game is about them visiting an old man who has hired them to to basically to die happy essentially uh Mm -hmm. and so they jump into his memories and throughout the game you experience his whole life from childhood up until old age kind of and and through learning about him they are able to in the end, give him his ultimate wish, which is to go to the moon. And he mm. dies in the end of the game th- thinking that he went to the moon and he, he was very happy in his Oof. dying moments. It's a really heavy game. I kind of spoiled <laughs> the game now. I'm sorry about It's an old game, though. Uh, or kind of. Um, although I will say, even knowing about that, it's a really powerful story. Like, mm-hmm. it really... Even knowing the, that spoiler that I just gave, which I'm sorry if I, if I did, or, the, or that I, I did, um, it's still a really... Like, just experiencing it in the game is really good. And it's kind of... I think that that game basically w- was what gave me the idea that Eren may have kind of... Well, basically given mm. Ymir that uh, memory through paths so that she could die happy or vanish happy or whatever you want to say. Yeah. There's a a thread on Twitter by a Twitter user with the name at Lovely Emir. Mm. Uh, so it kind of a, a generic Attack on Titan <laughs> um, fan Twitter account, but they give an antithesis of Emir Mikasa Ackerman. Now I'm not gonna read uh, really any of this, but it's it's a thread that is interesting, and I don't necessarily agree a hundred percent with it. Uh, I think there's some stretches <laughs> in terms of their comparisons, oh. but there are some interesting points, and and I'll probably post it in the Discord chat. But I encourage you to read it and see how, in some ways, Mikasa was able to do it, it, in in a lot of ways what Emir wasn't able to do, and mm-hmm. you know, Emir being not free, but Mikasa being free from the king in a way, is, is very interesting. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. That kind of gave me even greater appreciation for uh, this subplot. But mm. even without even without the this thread, uh, this extra page that's added to the volume with Mikasa seeing Emir, it, it does add a lot for me, and I think it gives Emir the closure she needs. Um or at least for me to be satisfied with how it all ends for her. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. Oh, I I hate how in the end they use Aaron and Mikasa's words of Oh, the Jaegerists use the Yeah, the, the Jaegerists. Mm. If we win, we live. If we lose, we die. It's like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. uh It's not meant for you. <laughs> no, right. Yeah. You don't deserve to say that. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, I, I feel you. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's definitely the point. The Probably the, I guess you could argue the words of great people can be misconstrued to match mm. the mindsets of arguably terrible people. Um, you know, I mean, you look at, this is kind of going extreme, but you look at like some religions where, yeah, they have some great teachings in their books, but mm. then extremists take those teachings and they twist them and they try to match it yeah. to be their own thing so they discriminate against others and whatnot. True. I mean, that's a that's a trope really in storytelling as well. But yeah, it just kind of bugs me to see something that was so important and deep to Aaron and Mikasa's relationship mm. be, be used as like a, a mantra for hate. And, uh, yeah, I, right. I don't like it. I mean, it, it's 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 tragic, but you know, it's like ah, makes yeah. me mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really well made, though, and I mean, yeah, it's like how it mirrors reality in that way that you described, uh, and like, cause it makes sense for them to want to use that. But yeah, it it, it does suck. <laughs> so that's a good saying. Do you mind if I borrow it? <laughs> yeah. Too late. Uh, and yeah, so. You you mentioned how you've gotten a great appreciation for the story, uh, or for the ending, and I I feel sim similarly. Like, for me, it all comes together better. It it makes me wish I I kind of would have read the story, uh, all in one go versus chapter by chapter. <laughs> oh yeah, oh but yeah, because because still... today mm -hmm. the both of us read like the at least the last volume in one go, right? For the first time. Yeah, that was my first time too. Yeah, it was it was a great experience in the story like this instead of waiting a month between each chapter yeah i mean I, I don't regret like especially since we had our podcast episodes and discussions those are all fun times but mm -hmm. you know not having to worry about theorizing or or well the speculation just gets too much sometimes and yeah. um, having it all in one place and you know one right after the other it i think it just better you better understand what the author is trying to get at totally versus um you know, reading a chapter and then trying to predict mm. uh, what the ending could be. Yeah. and Which sets you up for disappointment. It, yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of cases it did, sadly. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I would advise anyone who hasn't read the, you know, the, these last volumes kind of quicker than a month in between each chapter, I recommend you to actually read these, these uh, chapters again relatively quick, you know. <laughs> Uh, right. It, it definitely makes a difference. In volume format. Mm, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's been it's been a great difference. And it's not just because it's a reread. It's also definitely because, yeah, because we're reading them as a more of a consistent thing. Right. Um, but, yeah, I guess one of the last things I want to say, I guess, about, well, about the, the arc as a whole... Something I just love about this arc, and well, these last four volumes, is how, really the camaraderie that is built up between these unlikely allies. And I think, I mean, surely it's happened to, to a degree before, but like this part of the story really focuses on that. And a lot of sweet moments kind of come from it as well, from, from these, these mm. pairings that you hadn't necessarily expected at least in this part of the story some examples would be you know reiner and john gabby and kaya armin and zeke mikasa and annie peak and kiyomi magath and shadis reiner and connie gabby and armin annie and kiyomi 
Jean and <laughs> Jean and Peek as well, uh, etc. There's so so many like pairings that that aren't necessary, or like a couple of books ago would have never worked together. But in in these four books, you you get a bunch of these different constellations of characters that just it just works so well between them, and they they are just super sweet together, kind of, um, and. Yeah, that, that's just something I really love because this message of settling our differences in order to work together is just so so strong in this arc. And I think Isayama portrayed it and executed it really well. Agreed, yeah. There was a lot of interesting combinations that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Right, right. Uh, something I just realized I forgot to mention is how much I love chapter 138. And that's... Mm. It's hard. It's hard for me to say if it is or not, but it's definitely in the running for my favorite chapter. I I just adore uh I, I well, I cry every time I read that chapter mm. because of how bittersweet it is. Right. Um I, I, I do like the last chapter, but it's chapter one thirty eight for me that, you know, it it really puts me in my place. <laughs> like, I understand. I, I mean I, and also knowing how big of a fan you are. I mean Mikasa is your favorite character and so yeah. I I understand that totally. Yeah, so she gets she gets her final grand moment. Um, I mean, she has some moments in one thirty nine as well, but mm. it's one thirty eight where she really shines, and you know you you could see her resolve and um, her willingness to still love the man, but put it into his terrible mistake. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the, and that that kiss at the end. I know some people really were disturbed by that kiss. I, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's. I guess it's disturbing the fact that it, yes, it, Aaron dies there, but I don't know. Like, I think it's it's kind of goth metal ish. It's <laughs> something. Not it's not necrophilia. I'm not gonna say that. No. Like, I think people er. people who say that are are memesters who are just upset that Historia didn't end up with Aaron. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I. I, I was iffy on it at first, but after the last chapter came out and you got more of a an, an understanding of kind of well the vision that she had had and and all of that you understand you understood all of that much better after the last chapter. Um, since then, I've been perfectly cool with with that bit. But the vision was in one thirty eight. I know, but you understood the vision like the context of the vision. You under, or at least I I think we understood it better after having the, uh, understood everything that comes with the chapter after it. Uh, because it's not until okay. then that we understand that it was, it was like because I think it's easy to assume that it was just Mikasa's it it was all in Mikasa's head, um potentially what we got oh okay but after okay, the final okay. chapter we understand that it was all uh, a conversation with Aaron actually um like a yeah well and also you know like you know some people like yourself weren't very much in the the Mikasa arm uh, Aaron ship. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so I guess you could see it as non-consensual. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, like maybe, th- th- that was definitely part of concept. part of it. Yeah. Um, but, but I think after one thirty-nine, it's mm. clear that it was consensual. Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. And I remember some people saying, "Oh, do you think he like puckers his lip there?" I at the time I was like, "No, I think that's too far." But Reading it again, I'm like, oh, maybe he did. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> he was ready for that. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> uh, could be. Uh, could be. <laughs> the anime will clear it all up. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, oh. 
so yeah, the one thirty eight brings me to tears, tears still, and and one thirty nine does give me teary eyed as well. Mm. Just finally ending the Titan, uh, ending the Titan powers. That was one of my things going towards these final few volumes, or I guess chapters, is that I thought the Titan powers would end. Like I, I felt like that had to be in game. Yeah, and there was some, there was some pushback from some fans saying that would ruin the series or that would emphasize something about racism or something like that. I. Uh, people. <laughs> anyway, um, I think this that was the ultimate freedom is to get rid of that that power. It is. Yeah. It is. Anyway, and I'm glad I'm glad it went that way. Totally. And I guess the last thing I'll say is I love <laughs> the attack of school cast. Like I feel good. Like that good. Is I was just about to bring ending. that up too. So that that's great. Good. Good. <laughs> like that. I feel like you have to add that into whatever anime ending they do they, there's got to right. be like an end of credits kind of thing and they have that in there they mm. have to do it yeah I feel like. yeah like yeah the, the one in volume 34 absolutely yes yes definitely yeah. it should be would be fun because that because that, that that's attack on school casts bit kind of stands on its own too uh you don't need mm-hmm. to have you know read all of the previous ones for that one so i think right i think that would definitely be nice um I, the it's one it's not as zany as the other ones uh right yeah yeah you're right <laughs> I think well the the one I wanted to lift up a little bit though was is the one from volume thirty three where they're in the sauna, <laughs> and I just well we we do get to see Reiner's and Zeke's butts there, and <laughs> I also think I may have spotted Falco's little penis, uh-huh. Uh-huh. like uh-huh. I think so. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little Falco dick there. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just I I hadn't thought of that before. I just thought that was kind of kind of fun. Um, but hey, he gave the people what they wanted. <laughs> Zeke, Zeke, not that no, Zeke and Ryder butt. <laughs> Gosh, I really said it. That's not what I was talking about. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> See, Zeke and Ryder Butt is okay. They are. They're they're fine. They're very fine. But you know, he he couldn't draw it back, draw the butt back in you know the previous arc. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, you know, here he was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great stuff. I again can't wait for Isama's potential next uh, project. Whatever he does, I will read it. There's no way he's doing Attack on Titan two or like setting it in the same world, right? I don't think so, but I mean, who knows? Yeah. But I don't think so. Like I'm not as convinced as again. I, I keep using like these imaginary some people, but they exist. <laughs> uh, th- that uh, he's setting up a potential sequel or for somebody to take. I I don't think that's what he's trying to do here. I think. Yeah. It's just more like poetic and yeah, I think it's more like know, life goes tragic. on kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think. I agree. Mm, mm. That's my that's my thinking. Right. Uh, would I be opposed to it? I mean, obviously, I'm open to what he has planned, but I would like to see him touch on a different genre or yeah, it would be fun. Know, different world, either be real life or uh, another another world. Whatever he does, we are we will we we will probably cover it on Umami Manga. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, possibly. Well, it depends. Depends how long he takes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that 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 is true. 
he deserves a long break. But time for the big question. Favorite character arc throughout these last four books? Oh, yeah. Shoot. I'm just going to go for the simp. Mikasa, because <laughs> something I didn't mention in the discussion is that you can see that she's struggling to come to grips with what she has to do. Like the ultimate choice. Yeah. And it, it was all on her to make that choice of um, killing Aaron. Um, because the way Isayama frames it is that she's really the only one capable at that time. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, like the others try to to be there for her and try to like make it so that she doesn't, so that she won't have to be the one, but ultimately right. she has to anyway. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and so I like that resolve, that change um, in her, I, I guess you could, you could, well, change because before she was totally against it, um, mm. but then she resolves to, to do it and um but still love the man and and, and all that so i i just i just love that i mm. guess you could say um but i have to also acknowledge armin and that he had a great arc there as well absolutely absolutely well armin is actually my my choice for this arc yeah makes sense and it felt strange when i when i when i when I when I looked over the characters and I tried to decide whose character journey throughout these that I actually liked the most and yeah like it was for me it was hands down Armin I d- I didn't feel like anyone else came too close to him in my in my mind obviously there were others that were definitely also fantastic but I I felt like Armin was was pretty much the clear choice for me um, as I mentioned like th- throughout most of his arc he he really is at like an all time low. Yeah, but he still fight. He still fights on. You know, he helps Connie become a better soldier. He saves Falco from being eaten. He he starts being honest with himself about his feelings for for Annie. Uh, kind of throughout this arc, um, mm-hmm. and he helps Zeke see the beauty in the world, and thus putting an end to the rumbling. And ultimately, he he is the one to step up to ease the tension when uh, Secretary Miller is asking. You know, if they're yeah. if they're human or if they're titans, uh, which also is obviously a very nice callback to Armin's first big moment in the manga, I would argue, um, back in the Trost arc when when he mm. defended Eren in a similar way. Absolutely. Um, so it really ties his entire journey off really nicely. But but yeah, just looking at these books, he just pushed on so strongly despite feeling so down in the dumps kind of uh and i absolutely appreciate him for that and yeah just a really strong character and character journey here absolutely agree yeah it's a it's a close second for me mm. I'm not, I'm not, i definitely don't want to say mikasa ran, a, ran away with it for me um but mm-hmm. you know both both those two being i guess part of the three main characters of the series yeah um really really shined I, i'd say nice i i Honorable mention Zeke. I think in the short time he was there, he had a great moment, obviously, with Armin, but his ability to come to grips and and, and find joy in the little things in life, yeah. uh, I think was just so, so yeah. powerful. I love that, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think, I think that moment in Paths is my favorite uh, Armin, scene, uh, Armin scene in the in the whole manga, maybe. It is really, really good. Mm, mm. So yeah, that's that's 
our Attack on Titan reread. All 34 volumes. All 139 chapters. Whew. Goodness. Been a blast. And... And we're past the anime. <laughs> uh, and we, <laughs> we're definitely past the anime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the anime, um, or at least this part of the season that's been airing now, uh, should be over by the time that we publish this episode. Yeah. And then we got to wait for whatever's next. Whatever. It, yeah. If it's a uh, season four, part three or, or the movie. Yeah. Final season was a lie. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. They announced that. I think the day when they released the last episode of season three is like final season is up next. And I'm like, what? The manga's not even over. <laughs> like, Idiots. So premature. But yeah. Stupid marketing tactics. Really strange. But hey, we're we're getting good content, and you know this season yeah. has been fantastic. Uh, absolutely. Like, yeah, like season four, part two has been absolutely great. Um, Chef kiss. Totally. <laughs> and yeah, so for anyone curious about what's next on Umami Manga, or sorry, not Umami Manga, on Titan Tea Time specifically, we will in the th- three coming months we'll be talking about the anime actually. So in our next month's discussion, we we will talk about season one. So that's that'll be that'll be fun. I actually have kind of since this has been a plan for a while, I've sort of intentionally not rewatched uh, the anime. Obviously, I've been watching the the new stuff that's been coming out, but I haven't really watched any of the other parts of the anime. So it'll be fun to rewatch that again. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll we're probably not going to be focusing on the story because obviously we've t- we've covered the story in our manga reread, but yeah. we'll be talking about more like the, the stuff that's unique for the anime, like potential anime unique scenes, little changes, uh, but probably largely like voice acting, animation, music, those sorts, those sorts of things. Um, yep. So I imagine it m- might be shorter episodes, but I, I, I look forward to talking about that nonetheless. I will try. <laughs> I, I, I think I think I can do that. I, I think I think we can make it short. Yeah, I mean, I imagine since since we're obviously we're not going to be talking much about the story itself, yeah. which I imagine would be the main thing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're still probably going to be about an hour anyway, <laughs> um, which I think is a good length regardless. But I guess that is it, though. Unless you have any final final words, I don't think I do. Cool. Me neither. Then, if you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga, and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by either rating our show on the podcast platforms or subscribing to our channel, Umami Manga, on YouTube. If you like this episode, please share it with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about Season 1 of the Attack on Titan anime. Bye-bye! See you later! What have you been doing, huh? Oh yeah, editing a video? Well, I mean I you know I could probably get my grandson to do that.